What's up, fam? Welcome to the Look Again podcast. It's episode one. So being that it's episode one, uh, this is the first episode. So just keep that in mind if it gets a bit rusty at times here. Uh, I'm interviewing my great friend, Pedro Villalobos. It's probably also his first time being interviewed, so we're we're figuring things out here. But man, you are going to love his story. Uh, Pedro is a first-generation American, and Pedro and I were friends for a while before we kind of, uh, before I, that really dawned on me that this guy is is first in his family to be born in the States. Actually, his sister might have been first, but um, now probably if you're like me, you have no idea what that's like. Our parents came a long time ago, but um, I just wanted to talk to Pedro about what that's like to grow up and go to school not knowing English and Pedro talks a lot about um, what it's like kind of learning to fit in some of his great friends who really just loved him for who he was right away even in elementary school and he even talks about a time when his mom got deported for a little bit so uh, get into some really interesting stuff here I hope you stick around listen to the whole thing and uh, enjoy here's Pedro Pedro Villalobos. I say that right? Yeah, that was right. Villalobos. So go ahead and look him up on all your socials <laughs> at Wolf Village underscore. Uh, I think he's got all the merch. So click the links. Pedro's Instagram famous. I wish. <laughs> I always thought you were um, like Native American or something because <laughs> Pedro's uh, brown and uh, I'm white and a little bit ignorant. Uh, it turns out he's Hispanic. <laughs> Mexican, and we'll talk about that more in a second, but uh, that's why I, it was so easy to recognize you, I guess, especially in Spearfish. Yeah, because I was like the only kid that looked like me. Yeah, <laughs> one of two or three. Yeah. So first, let's talk a little bit about growing up. So you're fr- you, um, you lived in Hill City how long? Um, well, I lived in Hill City. The first time I moved there was right a little bit before kindergarten. And then I lived there until my third grade to fourth grade summer. Then I moved to Michigan and Chicago for a little bit. But then I came back. So I pretty much lived in Hill City for like a solid 18 years. Okay. And um, so you're first generation American. Yep. Um, Tell us, let's start with your parents, I guess. Tell us a little bit about how they got to Hill City. Okay, so... I'm going to start a little bit back. So I guess the way my dad got here, because he was the first one to get here, his cousin's husband was working here in the logging industry. And he, he, he's been working, I guess, in the United States since he was like 15. So he when he was first started working here, it was like in the California, Oregon, and Washington area, just like picking raspberries, kind of doing all the agriculture things that I guess most young at the time Mexicans would do and then his cousin-in-law or how would that work how would that work (laughs) but his cousin's husband told him about the Black Hills and how he had pretty good work here and then I think right around he was 18 or 17 he moved out here and that's how he kind of got here so uh before that 
when he was in California, was he, uh, like working and then going back to Mexico and then yep. going back to work? Yep. So he'd work the whole, all those seasons of picking anything like lettuce, uh, raspberries. Oh, I guess not raspberries. Uh, strawberries. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did the apple picking, I think, which was in Washington. So I mean, he just he was kind of just chasing all the seasons for produce was getting picked at the time. And then he would go back to Mexico during the off season, you know, and he'd bring back money back for his family, like his parents and his sisters. Uh, was he doing that? Um, what would he get in terms of papers or whatever to do that? Or, or was that first step? Was he just coming? No, actually, um, which is kind of cool because he was actually really fortunate. And um, I think it was in 85 or 80 – there was like um I should probably look this up before I came. There was like this <laughs> there's this big like um uh, it's a period where they pretty much the border patrol or like the government opens up kind of applications for people to I guess get a either residence or like a work visa or mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's like it's like a a time frame where they're like hey, anybody anybody could come and apply. So he was around 10 years old around there like 10 12 so i think it was closer to 80 his his parents applied and got it and then he, they applied to all their kids at the time so he was like 10 and he was already a resident of the united states and when he was 10 he was coming to work no not yet, not yet. <laughs> so okay. like that's when he got those and then uh, as soon as he was able i think the first time he came in the united states it's probably shortly after that but when he actually started working it was probably like i would say closer to 15 and uh, so I think he was really fortunate that he had that opportunity and that his parents, because I think the a lot of more people would have done it, but I think it was like a fee of $500 for the application, which at the time was a lot. Yeah, because uh, I guess they're pretty well off in Mexico because they, they have a lot of land and uh, they uh, grow like avocados and peaches and stuff like that. And they also have like a, uh, they have a lot of property. I guess he was off to the right start because yeah, then he's a resident so yeah he could work here which is uh different than a citizen yep yeah, it's it's like the you could say like the stage before mm-hmm. so <coughs> i should probably look this up i don't think they can vote but they they have like a social security and they could own land they could do everything i think except for voting is that still what he has yep he still has that so they, they i assume they pay taxes yep they <laughs> That's one thing. So you you could you have to pay taxes. But uh, you don't get a vote. But I don't think you get to vote. Let me let me check that real quick. Okay, so he comes to the Black Hills then. Does yeah. he get married first? No. So he works here for a few years, and that that and you know in that time because logging kind of has a season too. Right. So um, by the way, uh, Pedro is a uh, lumberjack. I forgot to mention that <laughs> recovering lumberjack over yeah, here. Yeah, recovering. <laughs> uh. Only citizens can vote, by the way. I just looked that up. Permanent residents cannot vote until they become neutralized uh, U.S. citizens. U.S. citizens, sorry. Hmm. So I was right. There you go. Because <laughs> I Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, in that, in that time, once he got here, he actually really liked the work. He just felt like uh, it was better pay, too, than what he was doing out, out west in California and those states. Mm-hmm. So he liked the pay, and uh, he just liked how... It wasn't so overwhelming here, because in California it could be pretty over- overwhelming. And uh, like I was saying, he would go back 
I guess logging got slow, and he'd go back and visit, of course. What was your question again? I don't know. I, I kind of got uh, off track. When he got married. Okay. So then he would go back, and I think in that in that time period when he was, like, around whatever, from 18 to his, his uh, early 20s, he would go back, of course. And I think uh, my mom and him kind of knew of each other, like, through mm-hmm. school and stuff. They're five years apart, so it's like... Sure. You could you could say they didn't really know each other, but of course they knew of each other. I I know they're they're kind of their love story, but they both tell it in such like a like a vague like <laughs> like you like your dad was the one that was uh, hitting on it's you know like parents just like they they never they never How told much me. Do we want it, don't we? Yeah, that and and myself being like oh, I think that's enough. That's good enough. <laughs> but uh, so I think at one point my dad was just like ah oh, yeah this is the one. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that time, he was 22, mm-hmm. I, I think um, about 23, and my mom was about to turn 18, because mm-hmm. she was 17 at the time, which uh, my dad was a cradle robber, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it was uh, it was normal for the time. Yeah. Um, but uh, they got married. They got married nine months before December, whenever that is. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Marchish spring. Marchish. It was in the springtime. Is it soon? Do you need to be texting them right now? Uh, Did you miss it? I I think I think they said something about it the week before, and then we just had dinner. So okay, okay. I think like it. I think it was like I didn't know it was happening, but I think I, th- I was there for <laughs> but it. You were there, good. I think I was there for it, but I, yeah, I might have to fact check myself on that too. <laughs> but, okay, so uh, mom comes up then with him. Okay, yeah, so they get married, uh-huh. and then my mom comes up with him, mm-hmm. and she didn't come up legally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when she first came up, this sounds really, like, brutal, and, like, I think she crossed the river. Really? I think. Man, we'll, we'll maybe have to get more on that story. Um, I can't remember the first time it was it was the river, Yeah. but, like, you know, it was... It was cool, because sometimes the river is dry, isn't it? I think there's I think there's a time when it's like lower. Sure. But uh so yeah, when she first came up here like it wasn't a it wasn't an easy go cuz my mom she said she was kind of struggling. Wow. Just like it was it was pretty like hard. But it was worth it for the opportunities yeah that her family has now, I guess. Yeah. Um huh. so I I guess they were looking at it at the long run, you know. And yeah. she she was also very optimistic cuz my dad was a resident. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And he had a good job. So her plan was to get residency? Or oh, absolutely. And this... Yeah. One thing leads to another, and you're here. Yeah. So my sister was born first, and then I, I think... I, th- I hate to say it, but I think I was an accident. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was right after my sister, so we're, like, we're not even, like, a full year apart, you know? Wow, yeah. So... Okay. Talk a little bit about what it was like growing up in Hill City. I, I think I... Yeah, just talk a little bit about... Because you went to started going to kindergarten without knowing any English, right? Yeah, I, I did kindergarten in uh, Mexico, so that didn't. Help. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then we came back, and when we came back, uh, we didn't live we didn't live in Hermosa anymore. So we moved in into Hill City, and uh, I started kindergarten there. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't know a spit of English. I don't remember so much like the first few days. Like, did you know how to say hello? Well, yeah, I knew like yeah, the okay. just from I knew the stuff from cartoons because I did I did watch a <laughs> the lot best of teacher. Yeah, I I did watch a lot of cartoons, but like I didn't I didn't you know I didn't practice it because right. to my parents I was only speaking Spanish, mm-hmm. also to my sister, mm-hmm. you know. So 
I, I do remember it was really, like, it was uncomfortable. Not so much scary. Because I remember, because, I don't know, I've seen, I see, like, like even in my siblings, like, I see they cry when when they get dropped off. Like, they don't want to stay at school. Mm. But I remember, I don't remember crying like that. I remember just being like, whoa, this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm here now. It was, it was, it was scary because I, I couldn't communicate with anybody. But fortunately, uh, there was kids like in a grade above me that could speak Spanish and English, oh, nice. which really helped. You went through a little bit of special ed because of that, right? Yeah. Um, or was it speech and language? They call it, in Hill City, I don't know if they call it uh, different in other places, but they, I guess it was in the same room as like special ed. ESL. Right? They, yeah, they called it ESL. Yeah, there we go. Um, so it took me probably until probably till first grade so probably a full year to like be able to communicate good you know mm-hmm. like enough to like feel comfortable mm-hmm. but i don't remember like my reading being up to my grade level until like third grade and all the kids already were reading that like fifth grade like right. you know they were way yeah. yeah way ahead of me which I, I that was a little frustrating and i also remember in like first grade spelling tests that was rough <laughs> that was rough because like i could I, I understand like i understood what she was saying right but, but spelling english words for anyone is hard yeah but the, i just you know it took so long to get everything because in spanish you know everything is what it sounds like to a point right to a point. mostly to, yeah, yeah to a point not like english where they throw a lot of curveballs at you so did you and when you're interacting with your peers at, at mm-hmm. that age did did you like notice man all these kids are white and i'm not yeah or was it it, did that even matter because you're like i can't talk to them i (laughs) i definitely you know i knew a difference between us like i guess i i could definitely notice it more when i couldn't really communicate with them Mm -hmm. i just felt like and i remember like not getting bullied okay it was maybe getting bullied but i remember one time uh, we were doing coloring pages and i was coloring and for some reason i had this habit of like coloring really fast Mm mm-hmm and we were using color pencils. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I would stay in the lines and everything. Obviously. But I wouldn't take my time. Yeah. And I don't know why I wouldn't. And I remember, uh, like, coloring with my color pencils. And then I asked, a, I think a kid asked me or somehow we were, like, sharing. And I started coloring with theirs. And then another kid mentioned something about my coloring. Like, why is he coloring so fast? Like, why are you letting him color so fast with your color pencils? <laughs> like, it was, I don't know, it was some petty, like, this kid was, like, just hating, you know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in the, in, the, in the kid was like, oh, yeah, I don't know why he's doing that. Can I have my color pencil back? Something around, around those lines. And uh, I, it's, like, the first time I felt like I wasn't, like, I, the group. Yeah, I didn't belong. Yeah. So they were basically already saying, like, you're not quite like us anyway. Yeah. Now you're coloring like a freak. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and now to think about it, it's like, why was I coloring so fast? Like, was I nervous or was I trying to get it done? Or maybe maybe I just didn't have the patience to sit around and color. (laughs) Probably that one. Do you ever remember getting bullied, like, or specifically because you're Mexican? Um, Or was that not so much of a... Not so much, because after, after kindergarten, like, I felt like I had a pretty, like, uh, what's the word? Like, I had pretty tough skin, and, like, sure. 
once I once I com- could communicate and I felt comfortable with my English, mm-hmm. like uh, I felt like uh, I don't know how to put this in the right way, but I felt like I like showed my like dominance or yeah, because like I yeah, you're like you're not gonna get messed with. Yeah, I okay. I, I did put that front up did and also did you feel like you needed to do that because you were different to a point? Yeah, I don't know. I definitely felt different. Mm-hmm. And um, also, I don't know, just growing up, like, the way I was brought up is, like, hey, don't mess with people and don't let people mess with you, hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, like, be like, nice, but yeah, don't but get don't, pushed around. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's the way I grew up. Like, your dad would tell you that? Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, like hey, don't mess with people, but don't don't let them mess with you, you know? Getting any fights? This, yeah. Is there a good story for coming? <laughs> yeah, there's a good story. I don't know if I should tell it right now, but I guess I did have, like, a little fighting stage. I don't what know what grade was that like first second grade or was that like, uh that was like i want to say probably second second to fifth okay and that's most of the reason was uh once we started playing like uh tag football mm-hmm. and flag football i mean every 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 other little kid was trying to fight too you know <laughs> so sure so it, was like, it wasn't like everyone versus pedro it was, no no it was like <laughs> everybody else like other kids are getting fights too not just me but sure I do remember actually one of my best friends till this till this day is uh my friend Cody mm-hmm. and I do remember like his very vivid memory in kindergarten he would always sit under the jungle gym and uh and just sit there and chill he's pretty quiet and for some reason that day I was sitting under there with with not with him but next to him mm-hmm. like we were both just hanging out there and I remember before that I would I would try to play with the kids and like cuz Everybody knows how to play tag. Right. I knew, I knew how to play tag, which sure. which helped. So for that for some reason that day, I was sitting there too. Maybe I just wasn't feeling very good that day. But I do remember in whatever way I I could, and it was later in the year. Whatever way I could communicate to him, like whichever words I knew already, and however my sentence structure was at the time, I remember looking over at him and being like, "Dude, should we go play?" Maybe it was definitely not like that, but on on the lines of that, and I remember him looking at me like, "Yeah, let's do it," and we just went out and started playing with everybody else, and that's like I guess you could say that was like my first friend. Like friend. Yeah, Shout and and he does he doesn't remember that as vivid as I do, <laughs> but he does. That he, makes sense though. He does remember uh, someone asking him to play, and that's when he's like, "I don't know why I'm being like this," and he kind of like. Because before that he was, he was kind of a loner too. Yeah, like yeah, um, okay. he just um, of course he had friends because he was yeah. really good friends with uh, our friend Zach, mm-hmm. which because they live right next to each other. But he just wasn't as outgoing as he thought he should be, or as he wanted to, I guess too. Yeah. All right, so we'll skip ahead a little bit. Then you get yeah. to uh, about eighth grade, uh, citizenship or, or residency kind of comes back into play. Yep. By middle school, and this is funny because. By middle school, I was, I felt so normal that mm-hmm. there was, there's actually points where I forgot I was Mexican. I, it's not that I forgot I was Mexican. It's like, I, when I thought of myself, it's like, I didn't really think I was different, right. which is cause I, 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 I got like a really good friend group and mm-hmm. like everybody in Hill City was super nice to me and everything. I got, I don't think, I mean, of course there's some teachers that are not as fun as others, <laughs> but there's actually a point where like. I, it's not that I forgot I was Mexican, but it's like I didn't think I was different. Right. You no longer think of yourself at in those different terms uh-huh. per se. 
and it's really crazy because I, I do I still remember how I felt like in kindergarten like I didn't mm. feel I didn't feel like everybody else but then there was a point where I like still now I sometimes I forget I'm a, I'm Mexican like I've told you about this right yeah yeah so my mom like my mom and my dad applied for my mom's like residentship mm-hmm. and um, it takes a while for them to start the process and then once they, once they, I guess, started on her case, because I think they call it cases, like, they, like, found out that she's been living here for so long on, with, without papers or legally. Mm-hmm. So their, their, I guess, their terms for her to be able to continue the process was for her to leave the country for, they gave her, like, a time estimate, which they said it could be, <laughs> it could be a few which they said could be from a few months to a few years. So they, they're, they're very... So did she, did she reapply when you were in eighth grade? Or did it just yeah, take them that long to process? No, because okay. she reapplied. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm not, I'm not sure about when mm-hmm. she reapplied, but she did apply when I was like, before I was a kindergarten or anything, like a long time ago. Right. And the reason she didn't get it then, they asked her if uh, she has had she had kids before or something like that. And for some reason, she got nervous and said no. Hmm. And by then, Sherry had two kids. And I don't know if it, cause I don't know if it was that the way they asked it. Sure. If maybe because she. the English was confusing or. No, because it, it was it was in, it, it was, was in, in both languages, you know. Sure, so yeah. like they could have done Spanish or, but of course it was in Spanish. Right. And or maybe she got the time frame wrong. Like how long have you had kids with your spouse? Sure. There's there's something that they didn't some like. Some wording or something. She did some. She said something yeah. wrong, and I'm pretty sure it was that. Uh, she somehow made them think that she didn't have kids, but she did. So at that point, she so when you're in kindergarten, her residency gets denied. Yeah. But you, but she stays in the U.S. anyway. No, it was before. So they went back to Mexico, and, and then she applied. Yep, and oh, she wow. applied, and then see, it didn't work out. So she just came back again. Yep. So you know when I told you, uh, for some reason we went down to Mexico. I think it might have been in that time frame. Yeah. That that sounds right, right now. Now, yeah. now I'm thinking about it. Um, but see, it didn't work out, and then she came back illegally after that. So then eighth grade, she gets told, you have to leave for a couple months to a couple years yeah. in order to get the residency. Yep, so that was like their... And at their, that point, they know she's got a family? Yep, by then, I mean, they know her whole history. They know she, this. that was her second time applying, mm. and uh, they knew... They knew everything. They knew how much my dad was making. They knew that what what everything, you know. They yeah. know everything. And he's and they know he's got a business and Yeah. They, no, by then he still he didn't, didn't have he, his business. Oh, yet. actually yeah, he he might already had one machine, but so, it was subcontracting. And we talked about this a little earlier, but at that point mom knows she's going to Mexico yeah. for who knows how long. Mm-hmm. And did she, was it like the next day or how long did she? They, they gave her a time period. Like, um, you have like, a couple like you have a few months and then you, okay. you have to, you have to prove that you're out of the States. Wow. And then, uh, you as a family, you guys did, did you ever consider like, well, I guess we'll move our whole family back with her. Mm-hmm. Was that ever considered? Um, 
I don't I don't think it was it might have been considered lightly, but mm-hmm. I guess I never asked. Just because of your dad knew if he was gonna provide for this family he needed to be Yep. Making American money essentially. Yep. And I think at eighth grade he already had uh at least one 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 or two pieces of equipment there, feller bunchers. Mm-hmm. So he I think at that time he was already um I guess he was already a business owner. Oh sure. So I think just what he had already invested was worth in. it to wait. Yeah. So you're in eighth grade. Uh, Mom leaves. How does that affect you? Because for two years? Yeah, it was two years. How did that affect the family? So she left right when school ended. That whole that summer we went, of course, to take her. Okay. And uh, we spent, like, a, I think most of my summer there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it didn't feel like she was gone because I was, like, hanging out in Mexico, you know, on vacation. Yeah. Doing my thing, eating fruit all the time. <laughs> so, like, it, it, you know, it still hadn't hit me that she was going to have to stay down there. Yeah. And then once I came back, then it was weird because, like, which really sucked. My sister had to grow up really quick. Hmm. So she was, like, she didn't have to. Like, my, my parents never, like, like demanded anything right. of her. But she would she would do laundry and, like, cook and stuff i guess that's when it hit me i was like wow my sister is like freshman in high school like she's going through a lot and Mm. she has to do all this she doesn't have to but she's doing all this for us right so i I think that's when it hit me and then also my little brother was so young still like he was like a he would have been like a fourth grader or a third grader yeah so he was still like he's still young Mm -hmm. but i mean young chops yeah shout out josio (laughs) so that's in like for you you've kind of developing your identity yeah a little bit more but him that's like super formative like for me anyway that's like i love my mom years yeah you know and, and she's gone and at first i didn't notice that he like you know like missed his mom and stuff but you could i mean i could definitely tell later on because i mean he was young so like now that mom was gone like he could have sleepovers all the time he could go because my dad you know my dad yeah, my dad was working. I'm not saying he wasn't like taking care of us, but he's he's a little bit chiller than my mom. Sure. My mom was uh a little bit more uh she kind of reeled us in a little bit more. Yeah. Which looking back on that, is there anything else that you're like this would have been different or I would have been different or Yeah, um to a point it, it not as much as my sister, but it did make me kind of grow up mm-hmm. quicker than I guess wanted to. I had to make sure Evelyn was doing okay. I mean, and your dad, he's effectively a single dad now. Yeah, to a point. Wasn't planning on that. So then when does she? When's your mom come back? My mom comes back sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year. So that while she's gone, you said it was pretty vague when she's going to come back. Yeah, we didn't know when. So when did you find out? Now that I think about it, I don't think it was till junior year. Did Would you visit her? Yeah, so we we would go like every summer. Gotcha. We did go a few Decembers too. For me at the time, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty distracted because you know I was a I was like eighth grade to freshman yeah. to sophomore, mm-hmm. worried about sports and chasing girls. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So then she comes back and I'm gonna say it was closer to closer junior, junior year. And then was it like a like a sigh of relief collectively? Mom's Absolutely. back and kind of didn't realize how much you missed her maybe no i did i i didn't realize how great great it was because like of course 
everybody's mom is the best cook ever, you know? Oh, yeah. That's just, like, how everybody <laughs> thinks. And uh, my dad can cook, but, mm-hmm. like, not every every night he would cook because maybe my sister I had something made. My sister can cook, too, but it just wasn't mom's cooking. I mean, my dad can cook. He can cook a frozen pizza. Right <laughs> yeah, like... He can grill. That's right. Yeah. That's what a man needs so to do. So, like, I No def- offense, Dad. <laughs> yeah, no offense to my dad either, but it just... <laughs> It just wasn't the same. And also, like, uh, at, you know, when she was gone, like, it was it was a crazy transition. Yeah. Like. Were, were you, like, upset that your some of that freedom was gone? Oh, like, absolutely. I don't get to go to my friend's house every night. Dude, absolutely. So that, that was that was the worst the worst part. But, I mean, I'm thankful, she, like, she was back. Maybe one or two more things. But um, you, you mentioned a little bit about that whole, like, I almost don't feel like I was Mexican anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like one or maybe another time you've mentioned to me, like, I just kind of forget that I'm not white. And I, and I feel like you say that in the, in the cultural sense, just because you've been here so long. And do you feel like you're missing out on some of your heritage? I feel like you're missing out on that. And maybe talk a little bit about um, what it's like to go back to Mexico now that you're kind of an established American. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I definitely feel like I'm missing out on something and maybe I'm not taking advantage of something, you know, that I could because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've, I'm pretty white. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty <laughs> like, I don't know. My, I'm definitely into the culture I'm living, I guess, in the area, you know, in yeah. the United States. And I definitely feel it when I go down to Mexico because mm-hmm. I know how to speak Spanish, but mm-hmm. there is like a lot of slang that I don't know or like like ways of talking down there like down there like just things that I I don't get because I'm not in the culture Mm -hmm. and maybe it's like Mexican memes and stuff like that (laughs) which uh I I notice it more because my sister Mm -hmm. she's definitely more into her into her Mexican culture Mm -hmm. like she listens to Mexican artists like all the time sure and lately I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos in Spanish hmm. about Mexico or like a Mexican vlogger, just because I feel like I'm missing out and I don't want to. I don't want to lose don't it. Lose it, yeah. yeah. Are you gonna like try to teach your kids Spanish and stuff? Yeah, I guess yeah. my plan, and I hope I go through with it. Yeah, I plan only talking to them in Spanish, so they can pick it up. Yep, and of course my wife is. Well, at this time, I hope I I think they're probably gonna be white. <laughs> Maybe, I, I, I like might the white ladies white girls. i might i might jinx myself <laughs> but, but uh i think you at heard this, it here first i th- i think at this time i feel like i'm i'm probably gonna be the one speaking in spanish right and i because i because i want them to be able to communicate with their grandparents you know mm-hmm. with my mom oh, yeah. with my mom For and sure. dad yeah them oh, to to like be or i guess know where they came from too you know mm-hmm. In line with that, uh, when I first talked to Pedro about, for whatever reason, I just asked him, like, what's your dream, man? Like, what do you really want to do? And I don't know why I asked him that, but I'm glad I did because his answer was really interesting. He's like, honestly, I just want to make a lot of money. And I was like, wow. But uh, um, then he, he added to that. He's like, I want to make money so I can give back to my family. I think when I look at you and your culture and just who you are as a person, that's probably one of the things that's impacted me the most is just how much you appreciate that. Because my parents have done 
probably just as much for me other than go to Mexico for two years. <laughs> but I, I, you know, when I think of my career, I think about how I can support my family and my wife and kids mm-hmm. and, and you're just already focused on how can I help my parents when they're elderly? How can I make enough money to help them because they did so much for me? And I, and I can't help but wonder if part of your desire to do that stems from like just the Mexican culture. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. This is kind of like a side story, but I remember when my mom and dad first got married, like there's a point where my dad still like sent money over to my grandparents just cause like, you know, he still wanted to help them out as much as he could. Which, uh, so I, I just think it's like part of all our culture mm. to like be able to give back to them, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap up. Uh, so just to recap, uh, Pedro at Wolf Village underscore, right? Got that underscore? Underscore for Twitter, just at Wolf Village for Instagram. For Insta, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, if you go check out Pedro's Instagram right now, at Wolf Village, you're going to want to follow him. He's putting he's putting out hits with those pictures. Um, recently, he's got into this phase of taking elaborate self-portraits, and I'm, I'm here <laughs> for it. They're beautiful. Uh, and, man, it's just a really interesting... Uh, some really cool shots he's definitely taking some of my favorite pictures uh the clothing brand is nomadic tendencies yeah nomadic tendencies co is for instagram and then the website is just shopnomad.us shopnomad.us there you go people go buy the merch rep the man pedro help him buy his parents a house or something (laughs) this guy's doing big things or a boat (laughs) or a boat yeah yeah for uh factola reservoir yeah. <laughs> Alright, Pedro, hey, thanks for coming, man. Hey, thanks for having me. First guest on this Hey, thanks for listening to episode one. Uh, I just want to say thanks again to Pedro for joining us. Hit him up on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just a, really a true artist. Uh, thanks again to everyone who helped make episode one possible. I'm talking to you, Eric Domkowski. Thank you for letting me use all of your stuff. I'm talking to Mikhail Kraft, my awesome cousin, coming up with some sweet music. Thanks to Adele Javorski. Got some sick graphics for us. And thank you to... Uh, Hannah for doing that sweet intro. It was awesome, huh? Uh, today's listener of the week is Jano Jung. Now, I hope you listen, Jano, because you're our first listener of the week. Anyway, Jano is a uh, Korean. Uh, he grew up in Mongolia, though, and has just always been a part of many cultures. But, you know, it's interesting. Jano has always told me, and of course, my wife is. Well, at this time, I hope I I think they're probably going to be white. Hey, if you want to learn more about immigration or some of the stuff Pedro and I talked about today, I'll include the links to a two podcasts. One of them is from This American Life. They do a deep dive on the effect that immigrants, most of them from Mexico, have on a small town community and economy. And also one by Malcolm Gladwell in his Revisionist History podcast about what the U.S.-Mexico border has been like over the last half century or so. 
This has been the first episode in our series about people who are different nationalities or have different ethnic heritages than we do. Next week, I'll be interviewing my friend Sam, who is an immigrant from Taiwan. And the third episode will be interview with my friends Keegan and Sierra, who are both Native American. I'm excited for both of these episodes and hope you really enjoy them. Okay, that's it for today. Hope you like. Give us five, six, seven stars, maybe ten. Uh, share it, retweet it, or delete it. All right. If you don't like it, don't hate it. Just delete it. Okay. All right. See you, fam. brought to you by donnie's dumb jokes <laughs> dude i don't i didn't feel like that was that long <laughs>